0: I'm your husband, host Travis McElroy, and
1: I'm your wife, host Teresa McElroy,
0: and you're listening to Schmanners. It's
1: extraordinary etiquette
0: for ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove.
1: Hello, dear. How are you? Good. Okay. Uh, just now, my eyes a little itchy, but other than that, other than that, good. great. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just ate a chocolate and uh, down some coffee. You went for like uh, a
0: fancy dark chocolate from a box. I went for I stuck my my ma. Into a bag of uh peanut MMs, ate it like a toddler who was about to get caught by their parents and had to <laughs> eat them very quickly.
1: I mean, we needed some quick hits of sugar.
0: Yeah, needed needed those endorphins, those uh, sugar molecules bouncing through our hearts. Hey. <laughs>
1: that's not that's not how sugar works.
0: I'm pretty sure it is. Happy Pride Month, hey, everybody. Happy Pride month. Um, I I, I hope I'm proud of you. I hope uh, you're proud. Um, I'm excited because I know we are going to talk about, so on this show, if you're new or you just haven't been around for these. Welcome. Welcome. We will often do biographies of people where it is not a name that you recognize, but it's a name you should recognize. It's someone who has had an impact uh, either to etiquette or to culture. And by the end of them, I'm always like, one, this person's super cool, and I'm really mad I didn't know about him before this. And two, I always feel very inspired hearing about people uh, who have done awesome things. So I'm really excited. Yeah. Who are we talking about today?
1: We are talking about Coccinelle, or- Excuse me? That that was her stage name. Uh, Her name was Jacqueline Charlotte de Frenois. Oh
0: boy, so French?
1: Yes, French. Okay. She was a French star, like shine bright like a diamond star, uh-huh. um, who became a trans icon and cultural pioneer.
0: What year is this?
1: Um, okay, August twenty third, nineteen thirty one is oh. when she was born. Okay, uh, she. Was- I
0: I always like to do some quick math in my head. Mm-hmm. That's not eighty nine. Wait, no, thirty one. That's. 31. Ninety-one years ago. She is no longer among us. Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry.
1: Um, and by the way, this a lot of this information is from an article uh, written by Elliot Evans uh, called The Life and Legacy of Coccinelle, uh, which is available on the UK site Press Reader.
0: Okay. So, All right. she was born in August of 1931.
1: Yes. Raised in the Temple District I mean, temple, temple district, okay. the temple.
0: I'm, I, hey, can I say, I don't often know stuff about history, but I do know that here in about mm, 10 to 12 years, gonna get real messy for her over there in France. Yes. In uh, the 1940s.
1: Um, and which is very close to the the now thriving gay community of
0: Marraille. Okay. Um, Every time you do that, here's what happens. What? You nail a pronunciation. And then I hesitate. Well, it's more just like you you leave room for everyone to applaud, as you should. <laughs> so you nail the pronunciation, and then you end. She does what you can't say at home, everyone. She does a very justified little like, chin up, ba ba da and it's just like then, waiting for me to be like hmm, yes okay and and I I never know because I think that if I said like that was incredible you would just think it was uh, it was patronizing well and so instead I usually just end up going okay
1: I like I like speaking French but French when you read it has a lot of extra letters mm-hmm. as an English speaker there's just so many letters on the page that you don't actually say.
0: Well, what they're trying to cover up, and I learned this from taking French lessons in uh, 2020, is that uh, they're trying to cover up for the fact that uh, there's only actually ten words in the French language. Oh, is that? And it? they all sound the same, right? And they just spell them different ways to trick foreigners.
1: It's like that really great. I I remember seeing a reel or something about ver 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 le ver 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 where that's it's all about. This is what I'm saying. The word is the same, but those are all spelled differently to mean something different. Anyway. Okay, so Jacqueline knew very early on, and we know this because she wrote a an autobiography, knew very early on... Always helpful on,
0: in, a, in, in doing a bio on someone if they were mm-hmm. like, let me tell you what happened.
1: Um, that she, something didn't feel right in her body. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was four years old when she first recalled feeling that she didn't identify with the gender that she was assigned at birth. Okay. And so she always said that she had a... a a knack for fashion and performance as well as a very like unflappable sense of self she was just really sure about who she was and what she felt
0: that's amazing and can i just say uh, on a different uh, detour note are there people who you would describe like do do you use the opposite of that word and be like oh them they're very flappable mm. is that a thing I think I've only ever heard it in the unflappable sense of like. No, I think yeah, you're right. Jer- I don't
1: know if I've ever heard it the other way.
0: Oh, Jeremy, he's really skittish. Very flappable. <laughs> no, I don't hey, think so. Hey, could you guys please keep your voices down? My mom is really flappable.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to so, start
0: using it now.
1: Okay. She wrote, as a boy aged four, I knew I was different. I was a girl really, but no one could see it. Hmm. Um, And so, that sounds unflappable to me. Very unflappable. That flap level is zero. Zero. Um, And so, it's self-actualization, right? Because she knew this is not where she wanted to be. And so, spent a long period of her life, like, getting to be the person that she knew she was.
0: I also really like that idea of, like, I already was that, and it was everyone else that was missing it. Yeah. That's a, that's a good way, I think, of looking at it.
1: Um, she was not uh, well off with her family. Uh, and so she had to help to earn money to support them. Um, and so her love of style landed her her very first job working as a hairdresser in a Parisian salon, uh, which her father hated uh, because it would, quote, turn his son homosexual,
0: Mm,
1: mm-hmm, mm, so many above not, those things are uh, wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, after all, didn't have a son, had a daughter. Correct. Um, and she was very drawn to the vibrant cabaret performances of the the Paris nightlife. They would be the nineteen forties now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she loved the look of Marilyn Monroe sure, and who doesn't? Brigitte Bardot sure. and all that stuff. And you can actually, if you look up images of her, you can really tell that her, especially her stage look, was modeled after those two actresses specifically. You can see that she has that kind of like wispy and voluminous blonde hair and like a very classic silhouette. Mm-hmm. So she'll do like the spaghetti strap, kind of like slinky dress, right?
0: You're using so many good descriptive words, babe. Oh, good. Voluminous, slinky. <laughs> mm. There
1: are some really come, great pictures and
0: videos on YouTube. When you say slinky, I definitely hear like, sensual, sexy. Mm-hmm. But when I see a slinky, I'm not like, Damn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh no. No. Okay. No.
0: But I got you though. You
1: did get me. You did get me. Um and so you can absolutely tell by looking at her pictures that she has a dedication to fashion, dedication to the the stage and also
0: like she knows what she's doing, right? Well, there's also a a type of person especially when we're talking about that like 30s to like 60s era Right, that type of person where they're not just dramatic on screen or on stage, right? Right. They live a certain life of draw, like a light, you know, like a theatrical. What's the word I'm looking for? They live a show, like a artistic life. You know, they they are that person. So even off screen, even just like in pictures, movies, yeah, film, yeah. You're like, I just want to see them more. Well, like here. Marilyn Monroe is, Monroe is a great example, right?
1: Let me oh, show yeah. you. I you can you can tell by looking at her that she knew exactly what she was doing and she did a really great job.
0: Yeah. And and if I may, uh mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I don't yeah. I uh, with respect. With respect, Aluga. Aluga Damn. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um so uh, as a teenager, this is where her, her stage name, Coccinelle came in, mm-hmm. uh, which means ladybug. Oh, okay. So, uh, at first, when I typed in on YouTube, Coccinelle, you know what came up?
0: The Rodney Dangerfield movie, Ladybugs in French? No. Oh. There
1: is a French children's cartoon of a tiny ladybug, uh, you know, like doing like the learning stuff, sure. seeing ABCs oh, yeah. and stuff. Hey,
0: babe. As soon as she said like cart I'm immediately going to assume that I have children. Oh, okay,
1: okay. When I was
0: in Phoenix I was t- I I had got a lift back to the airport and I was talking with my driver and he also had two kids and he was like but you know he asked me if I like was he able to relax away from the children. I was like, The problem is I've forgotten what I do when kids aren't around. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, same thing happens to me now. Like, kids aren't in the room. I'm like, what do I watch? What TV <laughs> what, do I watch what, when the kids aren't what here? What
1: music do I like? Yeah. Is it the pony songs? I literally just turned on <laughs>
0: Big City Greens while I was in the hotel because I was like, I know this show. This yeah. is good.
1: <laughs> um, and so what happened was she attended a party in a red evening dress with black polka dots. Sure. Which everyone was she like. She was
0: ladybug bounding.
1: That's right. You look like a ladybug. And she was like, that is a great stage name yeah uh she made her stage debut uh in 1953 at madame arthur in paris
0: At 22
1: Uh, she sang the role of a young ingenue in the song premier rendezvous
0: hey good job that was a great pronunciation and on that note let's give a thank you note to our sponsors diapers. At some point, we all use them. (laughs) That's probably true. I I
1: mean, I think so.
0: Statistically, yes. And I'll tell you what, man, there's so much, so much to think about when you have a kid, Mm -hmm. you know? And and the last thing you want to worry about is their comfort, right? I mean, that's not true because you worry about the comfort all the time, right?
1: I mean, you don't want to have to worry about if the thing that you are putting them in makes them uncomfortable,
0: okay, there you go. That's what yeah, you mean. that's a good way to look at it, right? Anywhere where you can do a little bit, right? If you can do some, this is what you can
1: I, do just a little bit more. That's why all of those like onesies and stuff are like so soft and stretchy.
0: Also, why did we lose that? I've been thinking about this all the time, right? If I get a jumpsuit, why doesn't it have snaps at the middle? Like I don't know, up the inside. Of my I should have snaps on the inseam. Come on
1: yes it's
0: everything should have snaps and observers by the way anyway it's not important okay
1: continue talking about our sponsor please
0: yes so if you can find something right that might improve right that can help you do it right that's what i found as a parent so if you want to try to help your kid get a better night's sleep and in turn maybe you'll get a better night's sleep why not let coterie try to help Right, Coterie has up to two times more liquid capacity and up to four times faster moisture-wicking versus other brands. Coterie diapers are made with clothing-grade material, giving your baby a cashmere-like feel so they're more comfortable for longer, day and night. They are dermatologist-tested, plus Coterie wipes are National Eczema Association approved. And Coterie has been awarded Best Diaper and Wipes by both The Bump and Parents.com.
1: I am very excited to gift a friend of ours who is having a baby shower this weekend, mm-hmm. this beautiful package mm-hmm. of Coterie diapers that we received. I'm yes. very excited to give it to them, and I'm going to feel proud doing it.
0: Right now, Coterie is partnering with our podcast to offer you 20% off your first order, plus free shipping at Coterie.com. That's Coterie spelled C-O-T-E-R-I-E dot com slash Schmanners for 20% off and free shipping. Coterie.com slash schmanners hi i'm jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart and i'm jordan morris boy
1: detective our comedy podcast jordan jesse go just celebrated its 15th anniversary it was a couple months ago but we forgot uh yeah completely Our, our silly show is 15 years old that makes it old enough to get
0: its learner's permit And almost old enough to get the talk. Wow, I hope you got the talk before then. A lot of things have changed in 15 years. Our show's not one of them.
1: We're never changing and you can't make us. Jordan, Jesse, go the same forever at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Kaisha. Man, she's always as bossy. Um, <laughs> hi. I'm Lori Kilt-Martin. Uh We're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total with both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie Lori Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful, so together we make <laughs> One complete woman. Is that just yeah. what's gonna? End? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, "Oh my god!" Every episode.
0: It's a good job. Jackie and Lori show Mondays only on Maximum Fun. Okay, so she's made her debut.
1: Debut her debut, oh. and it was instantaneous. Sure. Everyone in the room could, autom- could like, they just fell in love with her.
0: I believe the word you're looking for is they automatically fell in love.
1: Automagically. Mm-hmm. Aw, that's cute. Um, and before she that's knew That's also was... what Chitty
0: Chitty Bang Bang is. <laughs> <laughs> Automagic.
1: She was performing at Le Carousel de Paris, uh, where audiences adored
0: her. And that's French for the Parousel of Carie.
1: <laughs> what?
0: I switched them. <laughs> I didn't mean to, and mm-hmm. I blew it
1: here here here's the complicated stuff, right Jacqueline was a performer within the thriving scene of what are called transformistes okay okay um so they were Parisian performers who were in a general sense regarded as female impersonators, okay, okay so like drag sure okay, sure um, and many of them i mean there was there was a whole. A whole galaxy of of people within this scene, right? Sure. So some identified as just loving uh, drag, right? Uh-huh. Some, um, you know, enjoyed the performance. Um, some enjoyed the blurring of conventional gender norms, sure, right? But for many others of this this performance group. It was deeper, right? They felt an affinity with the female gender expression um, that extended beyond the performance.
0: Sure. Okay. So they were there were transgender folks in there, right? Sure. For whom this uh, transformatiste, right? Mm-hmm. It was uh, a more socially acceptable way uh, of, of living that way during this time, right? Yes. Okay.
1: So the community of trans women that was formed around this performance scene uh was was just amazing right um it was it was unheard of in kind of like a in an outward sense right there wasn't People talk about how there are so many ways to express yourself today, Mm -hmm. right? And how this wasn't a thing in the past. But the truth is, it was a thing. People did express themselves. They just didn't have the words and the labels and, like, the freedom.
0: Or we didn't have the word. Like, they didn't say—the words were not commonly known, right? Sure, yeah. Because the persecution—it's hard to say because there's definitely still persecution today, right? Mm -hmm. There's still judgment today. But— I guess was even more then, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a way to say it because it's not like, and now everything's great and it's totally right. safe to be transgender. That's obviously not the case. The fact
1: of the matter is many of these performers were women. They were just assigned a different gender at
0: birth. Right, okay.
1: Um, and so this community was brand new at the time um, and these are people who would normally be excluded right they found a home together mm-hmm. and uh, this which is where which we talked about
0: in drag as well yeah. That's, uh, the, the found family aspect is, is a big aspect
1: um, this is where Cooks made a lot of her lifelong friends and also had a um, I, I almost want to describe it as like a um, almost like a sister mm. right um Marie Pierre Pouveau, whose stage name was Bambi. Aww. So cute. Um, Elliot Evans said that this was a place where their gender expression was not simply tolerated, but admired and valued, even rewarded financially. The community surrounding it also provided a network of care and communication, as well as a means of sharing tips regarding possible support and medical interventions. Mm-hmm which specifically I want to go into because gender-affirming surgery was very, very new at this point, right? We're talking the mid-50s. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was extremely controversial. In fact, there there was no such thing as a trans person in France. It legally did not exist. Uh, not to say that there were laws against it at this time. You're,
0: so you're speaking within, uh, like, the, the government... View the government didn't even acknowledge the existence of, right? Not that they didn't exist, but, like, they weren't on the books anywhere, right? There wasn't the concept in the government. In the government, okay,
1: right. Um, And so uh, Coxinelle went on tour in Nice, and she uh, heard about a doctor called Dr. Georges Bourreau, who was a French gynecologist who ran the Clinique de Parc in Casablanca, Morocco.
0: I've heard of that place.
1: Uh, and this was one of the very, very few clinics throughout the world that even offered gender-affirming surgery okay. at the time, which isn't to say— that there weren't people who dedicated their lives to providing medical care to trans patients. Um, there were a couple of other doctors, Doctor Magnus Hirschfeld, um, who we should definitely do an episode on, but uh, had done unbelievable medical work a few decades earlier at the Institute of Sexology in Berlin. Um, you know, which uh, provided treatments and affirmative surgeries for trans women. The Dora and Lily of the the movie The Danish Girl. Is okay. based on these these women. Got it. Um, and so he was doing that. That doctor was doing really great research and care until Hitler came to power in, in
0: nineteen thirty
1: three. Right.
0: I do like listen. it's obviously not funny, but the way you say, you know, until Hitler.
1: Hitler, that guy. Um, and so when the Third Reich came into power, that. That center was destroyed and archives were burned um, and wouldn't reemerge until uh, 1973. Okay. So there was a gap at this point sure. is what I am trying to say.
0: I understand. I just figured out the word I was looking for earlier when you showed me pictures. What? Bombshell. bombshell. That's what it is. Okay. Yes. Blonde bombshell. Yes. Okay.
1: So no gender affirming a surgery could be performed in France at this time. Okay. So Morocco is where it's at. And um, because of this, this was kind of like the hit place to go. Uh, and I, you know, it it looks beautiful in movies.
0: Well, doesn't everything? I mean, sure, but... I mean, I guess not everything. There are definitely some movies where you're like, oh, that place is gross. <laughs> I don't
1: want to go there. Um, so in 1958... Coccinelle traveled to North Africa to get the care that would affirm her gender to the world um, and became the first French citizen to undergo gender confirmation surgery. Okay. Um, And there are some interviews on YouTube that are in French, um, but translated. She speaks so kindly of Dr. Barreau, um, and she says... Dr. Barreau rectified the mistake nature made, and I became a woman on the inside as well as on the outside. Okay. So sweet, um, and gosh, it sounds it sounds like a terrifying situation to go under the knife like that, and even particularly vulnerable. Is it because the the surgery was so new? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but everything went well for Cook-Sanel, Um and. She said that she knew that the surgery was a success right away when the doctor said, Bonjour, mademoiselle. Mm. How sweet. So, when she returned to France, this is when she legally changed her name to Jacqueline Charlotte de
0: Fredmois. Could you spell her last name, by the way? It occurred to me if people want to look her up.
1: Oh, sure. D-U-F-R-E-S-N-O-Y. Okay. Done. De Frenois. Sure. Okay. So, this is where her star really blows up, right? Um, oh no! <laughs> no, in a good it's way. It's a
0: supernova. Soon as we'll way. be a black hole.
1: So this is where we want to make sure that we talk about the difference between celebrating someone's talent and treating someone's humanity as a spectacle. Sure. Yeah, we've, a,
0: we've had to deal with that before. Yeah, yeah. there's a very
1: fine line um, because cook was a, a public figure at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so tabloid fodder absolutely um, happened around this point and her public persona Seems to be very welcoming of the kind of attention, but I'm not exactly sure if she was a fan of how far it went.
0: Well, and also you got to think about at the time, how much room do you have to say, like, okay, we'll drop that, leave that alone and expect to still get, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. you don't want to cross these tabloids and journalists and stuff and hope to get coverage for the other stuff that you do still want to get coverage for. I will also say that the, it, it's it's also a running problem that I've heard about now, uh, just doing general research on on uh, trans icons and stuff, is that there is also uh, a very common rhetoric problem of associating, like, and it's, a, it's the concept of, like, passing, right? Yeah. Of saying, like, and she's so beautiful and connecting that, within elevating this person within, like, trans history, right? Mm-hmm. It's this connection of, uh, well, in order to be taken seriously or get this kind of attention...
1: You have to look a certain you way. You
0: have to be beautiful, right? And and look a certain way. And the problematic nature of that, right? Mm-hmm. Of connecting it that way.
1: Absolutely. Um, but her her star really took off. She began taking her cabaret show on the road. She toured internationally, and she was showcased in a in a variety of films throughout the late fifties and sixties. Um, and she had a hit review in Paris called Cherchez la Femme, which means Look for the Woman. Okay. Um, I feel
0: like I've heard that phrase somewhere else. You here.
1: definitely have. The origin is sexist. Oh. And. She knew this. Okay. Right? So her, her le La Femme was uh, the play on the sexist nature of this because it's a cliche that you can find in a lot of detective novels and films and it's meant to demonize the femme fatale character oh, or okay. the or even the female love interest. It, Roughly means if there's a problem,
0: look Look for for the the woman. woman. Okay. Because she's probably the source. Then that is, I mean, I have, now that you say it, I can 100% guarantee I have heard uh, Hercule Poirot say it before.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But in naming her review, this, I mean, she. It's a play on it. She put a play on it. Okay. Um, She put a play on. Put a play on. Okay, so in addition to being the first French person to have a gender confirmation surgery, she also became the first trans person in history, uh, in the history of France, to legally marry. Um, gay marriage specifically wasn't legalized in France until 2013, but Coccinelle was accepted as a woman because she was a woman.
0: Okay. Yes. Um, it's, it's like, yeah, yes, but also... Hmm, <laughs> It's just one of those things of like, I just don't expect to hear that about anywhere in like, you know, the 50s and 60s.
1: Um, And so she married several times. It's almost like times. when people
0: weren't thinking about it, it just made sense. Yeah. Right? Until someone said like, well, let's make it not make sense by making a big deal out of it.
1: Right. She married several times and her um, marriages... At least the first one was approved by the Roman Catholic Church in France.
0: Oh wow! Um,
1: and all that they wanted was they wanted her rebaptized with her new name Jacqueline. Okay. And I'm I'm not saying that that made things easy. But they just were, they were never it, easy. <laughs> I mean,
0: it. I will say, right? Like it is i think maybe so far the most surprising part of this biography mm-hmm. to have them be like yeah it's fine who yeah just rebaptize cuz we recognize your new name anyways we'll probably walk back on this policy in in like a decade or so so
1: in in a in a very in the same way i mean her um her marriage was highly publicized it was in all the tabloids and stuff and there was some pretty nasty stuff printed about them um, her and her husband uh, and one of the things that makes this point in history so interesting is that France's government had not had to deal with any of, of this sort of like legalization before mm-hmm. like I said earlier um, and it was so public right and her, Cook's and Elle's refusal to kind of like Live in the shadows. She wanted to be in the in the starlight. She was unflappable. uh, Infuriated the government, and so in retaliation, um, political officials cracked down on legal loopholes and blind spots in the French judicial system that made it easier for you know trans people to exist. For example. Hormones were previously unregulated and available to buy, as anyone could, at any French pharmacy. Um, So the French state said, nope, not doing that anymore. Okay. Um, And they also made it illegal for trans individuals who have uh, undergone gender-affirming surgery to obtain new identity papers. Horse So it wasn't illegal before because—
0: they weren't worried about they it. They
1: weren't worried about it, and all of a sudden, somebody comes who challenges their their notions, and so it becomes illegal. So,
0: okay, infuriating.
1: Infuriating, yes. So, this did not ever flap.
0: Cogzanelle. Ah, yeah.
1: Um, and she lived like her a penguin. In, like she was
0: unflappable.
1: <laughs> she lived her entire anything? life and career, uh, without secrecy or shame. She was always out, always open and always talked about how she loved being a woman. Uh, and she, like I said, married a couple of different times. Her last marriage, uh, was to a trans right activist, Terry Wilson, um, in 1996 and at this point Coxsel was in her mid 60s. Yeah,
0: wait. Okay.
1: Yeah. And Thierry was in his mid 20s.
0: Oh boy. That okay. was
1: definitely a scandal at the time. Sure. Um but they knew that they would garner lots of media attention, so they televised it live on French television. Okay. For their marriage.
0: Okay.
1: It's like the original Kardashian wedding, right?
0: Sure, I I don't no, know. Don't, very you, much. don't
1: you remember when Kim Kardashian married that Chris guy? Hey, on babe, their I, don't, show?
0: I don't remember. No. I didn't watch it.
1: Some of the people,
0: I'm that sure they will, will remember. And this is not me saying, like, oh, I don't watch that. I just didn't watch it. I did, I've never seen it. I'm, I
1: mean, I didn't watch it, but I know it of sounds it. like you did. I didn't.
0: All right, no, I know of it. I know okay, what you're talking okay, about. Okay.
1: Uh, the pair were together for 20 years, and together they founded and ran the venue Cabaret Coccinal in Marseille. Um, and they performed together, they lived together, they were activist couple, and they seemed to be, you know, very happy and open in, in the spotlight. So that's a, I think, a, a good, um, I don't want to say ending to her life, but it seems... I mean, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. It seems like... Things could be very hard for her, and this was a very happy time.
0: had to be warm being in the spotlight all the time. Oh, yeah, with all all that heat on you. Yeah, man, it gets really sweaty. Have you ever been on the spotlight? Because Lord knows I I, I have.
1: I've been on stage. You're staring
0: straight at the light for hours and hours and hours, saying, who's out there? Show yourself. You know, that kind of thing.
1: In 1994, <laughs> okay. she founded the organization uh, Association d'Evenir Femme, which means to become a woman. Okay. Which is not like completely correct because you are a woman. If sure. you're a trans woman, you're a, you're a woman. You don't yeah. become. You are a woman. Women's but is women's. Women's is women's. Um, and as well as the Center for Aid Research and Information for Transsexuality and Gender Identity. Again, a little bit of an outdated term at this point. Sure. And they were meant to support and uplift those seeking their truest gender expression. Okay. She continued to perform. She Can I uh, say,
0: like three different times now, I thought the next thing you were gonna say was like and then she passed away. And it's just like, But then she did another thing and then she did another thing. Oh guess what? Did another thing. And in
1: two thousand five released a best of album of her greatest hits. Oh, and then she died. (laughs) Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Um, That's the time to do it, though. Right after you release your best of, because then you know for sure that that statement is true. Because when it's set to release the best of and then release like an album next, and you're like, oh, that was actually better than all that stuff. But I don't have time now. Oh, no. It's
1: it's the perfect legacy to live. Yeah. Right? Um, In addition to her autobiography, which was out in the 80s.
0: Mm -hmm. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang wrote one of those, too. Oh, did he? An autobiography. (laughs) Because this is a car. I'm sorry. I just I don't have a lot to add to this except like she sounds great. Um
1: so she passed away in 2006 and left a, a rich history, a beautiful yeah. legacy. Um and it continues to provide inspiration and affirmation to people in her her circles, her community. Um and, and in the are, world. In the world. So her her legacy is large. And, I, and in charge. And Lord in charge. Say. And I'm, you know, like you said at the beginning, these are people that we should know about. And I am very glad to now know about them. And just a little bit angry that I didn't know about them before.
0: <laughs> I am as well. I am as well. Um, one, I like learning about interesting people. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, I like learning about pioneers. Mm -hmm. Um, And three, one of the things, I don't want to boil someone's life down to this because clearly this is an amazing life, right? But one of the things that I always love about this show is the ability to take whatever you've learned from it, the information, and then go to a gathering or to just hang out with a friend or whatever and have some piece of information to be like, hey, did you know about this person? And it's like this interesting thing and you can spread that information and be the most interesting person in the room. That's it's what a, I like. I love... You love doing that. ...being the most interesting person in the room. And I'm just so good at and it.
1: And I would um, suggest that if you enjoyed this, you go and enjoy some of her performances. There are many recorded in film and also on YouTube.
0: I've heard of that place.
1: It's uh, it's mesmerizing, really, to watch some of these performances. Um, Speaking and, of
0: watching performances, oh, uh, tickets are on sale for the McRoy Tours. Uh, you can go to bit.ly slash Tours to get tickets for our fancy takes flight tour. Uh, next up is Boston on June 17th and June 18th. We'll be doing Adventure Zone on the 17th and My Brother My Brother and Me on the
1: 18th. Wow, that's close now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, Then we'll (laughs) be at Foxwoods on June 19th with my brother, my brother and me. Uh, The rest of the year, we have stops at Salt Lake City, Portland, San Diego, Washington, D.C., Detroit, and Cincinnati. Uh, So all those tickets are for sale now. bitly slash macroy Tours. Mask and proof of full vaccination or negative COVID test within 72 hours of event start is required. Also, we got new merch over at merch.com. We got a count donut pin, which is from my brother, my brother and me, designed by Budnik. Budnick. Uh, we've got a Taz sticker sheet, which is the same style as our temporary tattoo sheet, which is also there in the shop uh, done by Lynn Doyle. And 10% of all merge proceeds this month will go to Fairness, West Virginia, uh, Fairness West Virginia is the statewide civil rights advocacy organization dedicated to fair treatment and civil rights for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender West Virginians. So one more time, you can get all that stuff and more at Macroymarch.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to our researcher, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. Thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make this show. And thank you to you for listening. We could make the show without you, but why? We also want to say thank you uh, to our podcast home, MaximumFun.org. Check out all the other amazing shows there. And check out all the other shows and other things at macroy.family. Find all the macro projects there. What else, Teresa?
1: Thank you to Brent, Brentalfloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found.
0: I should say, speaking of Brent, uh, he just launched a Kickstarter for Use Your Words 2, the sequel to his super fun party game, Use Your Words. Uh, so go to Kickstarter and, you know, fund that right now. It's a great game and I want to play it. And you can do that at useyourwords2, that's the number two, dot com. Go now.
1: Thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's at SchmannersCast. When we want your questions, that's where we get them from. So tweet at us, at SchmannersCast. Also, thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Also, we are always taking submissions for topics, and we love to hear those idioms. You can email them to us schmannerscast at gmail.com say hello to Alex because she reads every single email
0: and that's going to do it for us so join us again next week
1: no RSVP required
0: you've been listening to Schmanners Schmanners Schmanners
1: get it